Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Welcome to our show, Cornundrum. Hey, I am your kick-ass host, Holly Ray Greystone. And I'm your other fabulous co-host, Gary M. Thorne Jr. Hey, gorgeous. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. And yeah? I was saying how you're doing, too. I mean, are we yeah. both doing fabulous? Um, I, gosh, there's so many things that are happening right now. I feel like it's always the case, right? I feel like I'm always saying that. I was talking to somebody about this cosplay that I'm I'm working on and doing the Cara Dune character from the Mandalorian series. Um, she ended up being not a very cool as an actress, a very cool human being for for human rights, um, women's rights, LGBT rights. But as a human as a human being, I could set that aside for the fact that this character in the show is really good and really loved like the energy of that character. So I'm cosplaying that character. Um, I'm making the armor piece, the rifle, the handgun, the boots, the gloves, the gauntlet. And I will probably have Desiree help me with the tattoo part, not for realsies, but to paint some of the, she has two tack, two key identifying tattoos. So I'm pretty excited about that. So I squeaking in what little time I have to do like the sandpapering of the props so that it can take primer while I'm also doing cosplay for as a pirate for Peter Pan in the, the local theater group that's in town and helping to raise fun, you know, doing a fundraiser. So I'll do my little pirate thing and then they'll go inside and watch Peter Pan. And then I'm going, I'm outside literally sanding down my prop pieces in between until the until intermission and i run back in and i'm pirate again do my thing run back outside do some more work uh so it's been kind of a tight schedule of just stuff that i've kind of put on my plate and then desiree is working on her building it got painted today or no it's not today necessarily but this week uh so it's not this wonderful yellow color it's now this beautiful bright color it's white. It's got a nice canvas for the artwork that will eventually get put on there. Uh, they're finishing up the trim. It looks really good. There's more work that's going to go into the the upper floor with the gallery. They're trying to figure out what to do with the floor because they really want to keep the original floor. Um, but they're trying to figure out what to do because there's there's like a 10 foot by 10 foot area where there's just random nails in the wood that for whatever reason are there. And I've offered my two cents on what I think should be done. It's time consuming, but I think in order to preserve it, you'd have to pull the nails and then sand it down to some extent. So it's somewhat level and then do an epoxy fill and you do it in four by four squares. Like you would a concrete pour if you wanted to have like that kind of look. Uh, it's easier to work with epoxy if you could break it into smaller batches. You get better consistency because you have to pour fast. Um, and then you have to get the bubbles and stuff like that out of it the best you can. So it takes a little bit more time, but the finished product on that is pretty phenomenal. And then you just, every 10 years, you do a, a, a buff and a reseal on it and it will last. So 
we'll see what actually happens. I'm not in charge of the projects. I'm really not having a, a lot of energy put into it as much as I can, letting Desiree run with it and support where I can as a supporting wife. Um, it is a little challenging for me because I want to do all the things, but at the same time, I, I'm focusing really hard on what I'm doing uh, in my day-to-day -day job. So that's going on. I just met with my uh, physical trainer and doing a physical uh, fitness uh, program. Uh, I'm used to doing, uh, you know, mad lifts, being a weightlifter and doing weightlift challenges and playing rugby. And so I'm used to like those, those power, those power moves, quote unquote power moves, and not really working on like the perceptors and the small move, muscle movements and balance and yoga and things like that, because let's face it, it's kind of, it's kind of boring. Now I say that, and then he has me stand flat up against the wall and tells me to lift my leg, uh, knee up. And I can't, like, I just don't have the balance to do that. And so we're talking and two minutes into it, I'm able to do it because I, my body remembers how to do it eventually. Um, so there's like those little things that we're going to do for the next four weeks. And then er on the weekends, I'll do, uh, the weightlifting with him, um, as part of that training, but it's, he, he seems knowledgeable, seems to know what he's doing. I test him just to make sure that he's legit, even though he has all the credibility. I just, I do that with people. I, uh, I pay money to, they're going to do training or counseling. I test my boundaries with them and see if, if I say, no, this is uncomfortable. What, what's that? What's the receiving end of that conversation? And if it maintains consistency, then I, they've formed some barrier of trust with me, which is good. And, uh, he's done that. He's done, he did a pretty good job with that. There's a few things that were painful for my back. And I said, I will need a modified workout for this. And he goes, Nope, what you just did was perfect. He goes, you did two, two is all you're going to do. Two is where you need to be. Don't worry about it. You don't need to do 40 seconds or this many reps. You, if two is what you can do right now until it's too painful or like not even that, like just because it's uncomfortable. Great. Just stay right there. Don't go past that. And I'm like, all right, you passed the test. So I appreciate that. He didn't give me an out. He gave me a, a positive, like you keep going with it uh, as best you can, as safe as you can. So I appreciate that. He seems cool. Um, I, I, I just accidentally destroyed my car key and I, I did, I dropped my keys, which I dropped a hundred times and it landed just right in all the possible combinations that that key could come apart without actually cracking or snapping anything. It came out into all those parts, like the gaskets, the buttons, the batteries, all of it came completely apart. And I have put it all back together and it doesn't work, but I can put it into my car's like receiver thing and it will start, but it's the only key I could find. And I can't rekey it to that car without finding the second key, which has disappeared conveniently at the same time I happened to break this key. So 2.41 this morning, my car alarm is going off for about two minutes and then it stops, but it's flashing. So I get up and I'm looking out the windows. I'm checking my security camera. I think this is a great way for home invasion. You go out to turn off the car alarm. Somebody comes into your home, that kind of stuff, right? So I did all the, I went through the process. I did all the thinking and I decided that, you know what? I pay taxes. The police are covered by my taxes. I'm going to call the police. Yeah. So I called them up and I, I 
they're, you know, they go through their questions like, where are you at? What do you do? You know, and they're like, tell me exactly what happened. I'm like, all right, at 2.41 this morning, my truck alarm went off for two minutes and is now flashing. And I cannot go out and turn it off without potentially putting my family in danger of a home invasion. So if you could send somebody, that would be great. <laughs> and they're like, you see anybody? I'm like, nope, I don't see anybody. I don't see any animals. The cameras look good, but I have blind spots, right? Which yeah. are now which are now fixed, right? I fixed it. I didn't realize there was a blind spot based off of where my truck was parked, but now it's fixed. There's and I added a light. It was seriously, it took two minutes to fix fix the thing. But at 2 41 in the morning, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. So, um, I fixed it, it's not a big deal. So when it went off this morning again at 5 30, I was able to look at it and be like, yep, okay, that's just it's a there's nothing around the vehicle. There's no none of my sensors went off, all the everything's fine. So I looked at I fixed, I turned it off and I come back inside and I look it up, and it turns out one of seven reasons includes the walk the lost key battery might be dying. And oh, therefore God. <laughs> car is telling you you need to fix your shit you're now past that point where it's not gonna work for you if that key gets deactivated because the car knows i only have one key keyed to it right now because the other one doesn't work yeah so if that battery dies then i technically have no key that will turn on my car so well so if it's so if it's signaling that it's a low battery it must know it has to be somewhere within the radius of that range and i have gone through every toolbox shoes dog toy bag personal bag laptop bag work bag gym bag bicycle bag coat uh my wife has gone through her stuff we cannot find it anywhere now my mother-in-law is a great sooth she is like I'm going to find it. And like you do, and you get to pick where you go out for dinner tonight and you get to have, you know, anything you want, drinks, all that. Well, it turns out Desiree said pretty much the same exact thing to her. So it's funny that we both said that independent of each other. So I'm hopeful that even while we record that she just might find the key and maybe even interrupt the podcast to tell me so, which would be fantastic. Um, I know, like I misplaced my key sometimes and but it's not a big deal it's like i left it in the bag that i my messenger bag on that day i went to the store or i put it in this bag because i was dressed up super cute and i didn't want to carry all 20 of my keys i just wanted to carry the spare key and i usually when i go dive in and look for it i find it not this time not this time so it's just i want to volunteer my my grandson at asher okay if you can't find because I swear to God, the little fucker can find anything if you had it well hidden, no matter what. That's how you it. test whether or not your house is childproof. You just set your you set your your yeah. daughter's kid loose in the space and yeah. just watch him really closely, and then you're like, mm-hmm, they can fit through there. Nope. Oh, yep. Yeah. They can reach so that. he nope. will find it if, if I'm going to tell you if, if mom doesn't, he will find it for you. All right. So I, yep. that, so. I have no problem uh, using <laughs> your daughter's kid. It would be great. Yeah. Um, we have a little uh, a kid box here because some of our friends have have kids, so mm-hmm. we'll give him some toys or whatever to play with, and he could go to town. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. cool. <laughs> it's it's fun that we have like we don't have young kids ourselves, but we do have friends who have young kids, and so our friends are like, well, because we invite them over, they're like, well, we have to bring our kid. I'm like, yeah, okay, our house is childproof. Like they're gonna lick things, they're gonna touch things. I can't stop them from that, but they're fine they're like well they might break your art and i'm like that's fine like 
if they touch something and they happen to break it, it's not the end of the world. It's a human life. And I'd rather have the interaction than to never have you guys over. We have toys, we have games, we have movies, we have all these things that you probably have at your house too. So like, or bring your own kids stuff, whatever. I don't care, but I don't want, I just never want any of my friends to not come over because they're, they're concerned that their child might dump something on my carpets or draw on my walls like all of it is fixable i'd rather have that relationship than be so concerned about not having them here and that's that's a great attitude (laughs) says the one who's who's young humans are getting into stuff so but tell me about these grandsons of yours well they're the you know i i hate to tell everybody who listens to us that they are the cutest grandsons no, none of your, none of you people will ha- ever have as cute grandsons like you. Just let this be unknown right now. So okay, but, okay, um, uh huh. Actually, I do have three grandsons, uh, and the the two youngest ones live near me. The older one lives in Spokane, who I haven't got to see since being back yet, and I can't wait to see him again. Um, but the other, the two that are here um, are. Asher and Maxwell, and they're four and two, and they are wonderful. I'm actually the part what I want to talk about anyway is that my daughter has been going through some really hard times. Um, she ended she ended up being homeless for a little bit, and she got in a great situation where there was a place where she got to stay, so it wasn't the end of the world. But she finally just yesterday got into her new apartment and. Nice. So uh, we actually, I had to, I had to start the the podcast a late because she had a moving emergency that I was helping her with. So, um, so that was, uh, and the, honestly, the only reason I remember the podcast was I saw your your text go, oh shit, I gotta get a holiday uh, money behind. You know, we and people probably know this about our podcast. We prioritize our health and well being. And our families are part of that. So sometimes a podcast will get missed or be or be late because we are human and we do have those those connections. So I think everybody here, including myself, understand. Max, my puppy, on the other hand, is pissed because it does delay his walk, but I won't let him know. Yeah, just, yeah, let it. You know, you know, that's one of those frozen moments. Just let that one go. Let um, it go. Yeah, it's a. Uh, so, but there, so I'm really proud of her. She, and she's starting a new job Monday that works really well with her, uh, with getting kids to daycare that it actually, it's, it's a really good schedule for us. I'm very proud about that. I realized I, I was going to say what it was, but I shouldn't until I know from her it was okay to say that. So I'm not going to do that, but she's very, very excited. Um, and I, I feel this is the start of some really good stuff for her. So very, very proud of her. Um, cool. So that that's just wonderful news. So that's, um, of course, I think it's hilarious that we moved back here and she is now living in Pullman. I live in Moscow. It's not that far away, but it's just it still, isn't. It's like, it, uh, but it's just, it's, it's just still like, because when we first moved here, because of all of her situation, she was in Moscow. And so it was like, it was really easy five minutes away from each other. Now it's all of a sudden, a little bit farther it's not much but it just it was just a lot yeah easier. you have to you have to go like an extra 10 minutes I, well you know sometimes that makes <laughs> like trying to get together for a podcast just, yes you know, yeah yeah because yeah, it would have yeah. been yeah it would have been a minute to get all the way out here it 
you know, 10 minutes is 10 minutes. It gives us 10 minutes well, more with our family. I would take it. Well, and part of what it was is my daughter had to be dropped off at the homeless shelter she's been staying at because she wanted to clean the place she'd been staying before she left, and that was in Moscow. And so mm. that's why it was just easier to, to do this over this way then because I was just, I was closer sure. to then trying to get over to you guys. So that, that, so that was, you know, the crap, you know, where I, one of the joys, I mean, I remember my big, one of my big selling points of getting back there was that I get to be near friends and family and we get to actually be together and do the podcast. And, well, and we have yet, yet. yet to do it. You know, it's, it's all, it's all good. You, when you texted me that I was um, actually reviewing my notes for today's podcast. Cause I, I get mm. so, it's such a passionate topic and it's it's passionate not just for myself as a woman and a queer woman but just it's passionate in our in our in our society as a whole and and i'm like i need to stay focused and not get squirreled away because i get so wrapped up in my passion and so i was going through my notes when i got your text i was like oh that's 10 more minutes i could go look for my no joke i could go look for my key for 10 more minutes while i have while i wait and so i heated up some lunch and while it was heating up i'm literally rooting through things i haven't even worn in six months just in case my memory is a false memory of i put the key here but actually there was that one time i did x and i took the key or whatever yeah. and desiree thinks she actually might have might have had my spare key because she took the truck at one point so she's got to go through all of her stuff so we'll see we'll find it and if not, you guys will. I will rekey my car, and it will suck, but it will. It'll be fine. It's not the end of the world. I mean, if that's, it, I mean, and honestly, about that part, think about it. Where you were five years ago, six years ago, to where now, where trying to rekey the car would have maybe put some financial hardship on you, and now it's it's not it's not an issue. Yeah, so, I, mean, that just I I have had some very humbling experiences in the last two months or so where my my thinking i'll just do something and i'm like i would never have done that a couple of years ago because i wouldn't have had the money to do that and it's just like spending five thousand dollars on my dog's surgery to have a six pound mass removed from his spleen and there's a 60 percent chance he would die i never would have spent that money because i didn't i've never had it or the fact that i needed to buy twelve hundred dollars worth of tires for my car that because they're bald, I drove them to the point that they're bald and I need new tires and it's a safety thing. Yeah. And that's like four months of paychecks I have to save up for. And that's assuming no other emergencies come up in that time frame that would take that money. And so oh, yeah. I remember those distinctly. And so I, we have a, a friend of ours who's going through something of a financial situation. And part of it was self-inflicted, um, but also because they're on a shoestring budget. And so it's really easy to have a self-inflicted situation when you have children and life happens and all that and they fell behind and lost their vehicle and it sucks you can't you you cannot from where from where we live if you work in another you know another city or another state you there's no city transport that gets you out there so that yeah. that just took away the job right it's like what can i do to facilitate that right and I had some really good conversations with, with members of, of, you know, our community and we came together and we figured out a solution to t help, to help our friend. They didn't ask us to, um, in fact, they asked us not to, and I was like, fine, I won't, but I didn't tell that to the rest of the people who wanted to do something. So I let them do, I let that group of people, uh, head up on that. And 
they're just amazing people who just they show god's love in in all all forms the way i believe god's love should be shared is taking care of each other and so it's been humbling to think about that and my decisions though yeah i appreciate you pointing that out it was you're right i i could pay to have it rekeyed that i i could never have said that five six years ago no and that's i i have those moments every once about the other the other day um I was looking at our bank account and going, okay, we have these bills, these bills, these bills going out. And looking at the final balance that we have after all the bills got before my next paycheck. And I had a moment, oh God, that's being us awfully low. And I thought, oh my God, Gary, that's nothing compared to when we literally, I start counting pennies, you know, where mm-hmm. it's, you know, I mean, I, you know, just so everybody understands, it was still when I, I I love the fact that it was somewhere around the balance of $400 that was going to be in our checking account. I started going, oh, that's going to get us awfully low. Are we going to be okay? Right, so, right. You know, so I love that that's, uh, I, I go, oh, Jesus, Gary, you know, let it go. You know, that that was like, I couldn't believe that was where I was starting to stress that. So it's, it's nice to know that, you know, it's that we're all doing better. It's It's wonderful. And I have to say, uh, Dean is loving his job. It's awesome. nice to see him back doing a job where he's a very intelligent man and getting to use his brain and re- relearning some computer skills that he had forgotten about and getting that done again. I'm so proud of him. He's just doing some great stuff. He's um, he's being he's put in charge of the volunteer database and getting that updated. And, Little, they keep finding because his position is a new position they made and they're finding things for him to do here and there and they're piecing together his thing. So it's, it's, and he's just, he's really enjoying it. He comes home a lot of days tired, but it just means he, it's because it's, it's a good tired, you know, where he, he's yeah. actually done a lot. So it's, um, that I'm just so proud of him. Um, so really, I'm proud of my family right now. I yeah. think they're, they're really doing some really, some really good stuff. And that's I, awesome. Yeah. So that's um, my cats. Um, one thing they don't like, one thing they're not thrilled where we live now is that we can't let our cats out. Um, the community, that was one of the things about a sign. So we, you know, we're not letting them out. Um, Mumford, who's a little shit, has gotten out several times because he just, he's a cat who likes to roam. And so that's been, so I can't say I'm proud of. Mumford at the moment for that reason, but you know. So. <laughs> but overall, I'm proud of overall. my family. Well, yes. now that you're talking about how proud you are with your family, I almost forgot my mom is graduating with her master's this week. Oh, that's right! I saw that. That is so. Congrats, by yeah. the way. Yeah, yeah. She has. Does she, she actually has, listen to the podcast yet? I don't know, but she, you know, maybe after she's done graduating, she'll have a little bit more time. Uh, but it's honestly, I, never hope she, to this, so. I just hope that she has more time for herself, really, yeah. whether it's a pot, you know, make time for a podcast. It doesn't matter. I just want her to be able to go out and do do her thing. But she's uh, yes. yeah, she's graduating with honor. She'll she, followed by also getting a promotion. She'll move up uh, to a, a higher tier. They pay off her student loans. Um, she's doing a lot of great things with the kids. Of course, it's stressful. There's moments where it's stressful. Um I can call her and ask her questions about certain state programs that are out there to help families. Cause sometimes I have a friend who has something come up and they're like, I don't understand this program. And I'm like, yeah, neither do I, but I know somebody who can explain the program. They can't advocate or do anything else for you, but they could at least explain the terminology 
and so you know do the phone the mom call she does a great job just answering questions and pointing people towards resources and she's just she's really she's just a really cool human being so anyway and that's i'm glad to hear that and before we get into our top we're into our main topic which we need to hear quickly i i i sent uh Holly, a picture, <laughs> and I, I want you to post that on our website too, because Dean got Dean got me this wonderful T-shirt that says "Fierce Hunter" with the Golden Girls on it. And the thing I'm most proud about is it's a size medium, so I was really thrilled. <laughs> about that. But, um, so nice, um, and it's very it's very gay, very very queer pride. I mean, yeah, a, uh, so. actually, it'll be the cover for this uh, this episode because it's oh. it's it's fierce women. Yeah, um, it actually works really well. So. It works really well. So it's it's fierce women. I'll throw it up there and uh, we'll share okay. it on social too. It's cute. I like it. I like it a lot. So as we were debating before we started this podcast day, I really told Holly that even though we're really good overall about doing 50-50 most of the time, I am letting her take the reins on the topic we're about to go into. I will add my two cents. The listeners know that I can't <laughs> keep quiet. But this is really going to be Holly's baby because I will say we're, we are talking about the correlation between women and queer rights. Right. And and um, I wanted Holly to take the reins on this one. And I, I will, like I said, add my two cents. But this yeah, is... Unfortunately, this is that two cents is going to cost time. us more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a scary time. <laughs> It it's is a scary, scary time yeah. for women. It's a scary time for queers, but right now in particular, it's a scary time for women. Yeah, yeah, in particular. Um, yeah, so let's just jump right into it. On June 24th, we all witnessed the Supreme Court in the United States overrule and establish precedents in a law that's referred to as Roe versus Wade, uh, which has been a settled law for 50 years and has constitutionally guaranteed women's rights to an abortion. Now, something that, uh, this is something that's been around since before I was born. Um, it's been around for much of Gary's life and yeah. it's been considered a settled law in our land. Like it's, this is a, there's a very particular wording. It's precedent, right? It's set precedent. And I'll get into that in a second. And it's now been overturned which leaves the fate of women's health, women's well-being, women's rights to the political and moral religious whims of each individual state. And God, what a mess that is. Our legal system is based on precedent, right? Kind of going back to what I was just saying here, precedent at the highest court. And then that is used case by case by lawyers as a benchmark, right? They benchmark that based off of what cases they are fighting. So our entire legal system is built on decisions by the Supreme Court and then used by lawyers all over the country on cases that have been that are, have been decided at the highest level and then used as an example. Right. So this is a this is the way a ruling is. There's a there's an understanding of precedence, and it is the foundation of our entire rule of law. The court is supposed to uphold its own previous rulings in order to give our justice system a sense of stability. Roe versus Wade has been relitigated endless times, countless times in the last half century, and the courts have always come to the same conclusion that women have constitutional right to make private decisions of whether or not to terminate a pregnancy. The science hasn't changed. Pregnancy 
hasn't changed the in terms of the burden or the or 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 the stress of being that potential mother theoretically nothing has changed in regards to women's rights remaining equal to men theoretically so the only thing that has changed though is the makeup of the supreme court itself that's the only difference in fact the sponsor of the bill that led to overturning roe versus wade this bullshit they said that they only brought this case now because there are new justices so there aren't arguing a new case they're just there to get a new result which is what they've been trying to do for 50 years so a little fyi here the supreme court power comes from the idea that it's above politics there is a intentional <clears throat> excuse me there's a an intentional separation between religion government supreme court house of representatives senate congress etc right there's we are supposed to believe that the court is following an established rules that the law itself is its own living and breathing thing and the justices are simply there to interpret it our legal system is based on something greater and more substantial than the personal preferences of political appointees that's why they have to go through this nomination period to be questioned and confirmed by the Senate Judiciary Committee. It's an insanely consequential job that affects the entire country. So the implication that you can just have some facts, the same facts, but get a different result with a different set of justices casts doubt on the legitimacy of the court itself. If our laws are only dependent on who sits on the highest court and who sits there is dependent entirely on politics, then how can our courts themselves be anything other than a political entity? If, there are, if they are a political entity, then why aren't they elected? Why do they get a lifetime appointment? And why do these nine people get to decide all of the laws when no one else asked them to lead us? If this is the way the court's going to conduct itself, perhaps the court shouldn't have that kind of power, right? So it's not just the rights of women that are at risk here. It is our belief in the authority of our Supreme Court court itself now remember in 2021 the supreme court since then has not been the same it is a court that trump essentially built and the trump supporters have built with the help with some obstruction from someone named mitch mcconnell and the republican senate one third of that court was nominated by trump who was twice impeached and who had tried to overturn the election and instigated an insurrection three of the five votes that stripped women of their rights are from judges that were put there on the court at the direct request of conservative white-ringed Federalist Society as a quid quo pro for supporting Trump during the election. And every single one of them comes with some form of political controversy. Neil Gorchik was installed after the Republic Senate refused to hold hearings for Obama's nominee 10 months before his, his, time, his time was up because they said it was an election year and people should really have a say in who's nominated. Brett Kavanaugh, oh my gosh, the guy who cried and screamed in front of these people that were vetting him for the highest court was under intense scrutiny, credible accusations of attempted rape and sexual assault, botched FBI F um, investigation into his scrupulous behaviors, and still he was he was he was he was put into the position, and then finally in a complete contradiction. To their stance four years ago about not nominating a justice in an election year, the Republicans pushed through an extremely religious Amy Barrett six days before the election, and not a single one of them was a Democrat 
Not, not a single one of them was present. So these justices weren't chosen. They were installed, and they were installed for the reason that appears to be acting as a political weapon for the far right, for a narrow, for a very narrow pro-choice, right? So their decisions are not about abortion. It's about control. Abortion bans are not about fetal rights, state rights, or religions. They're about fundamental principles of liberty, freedom, and the rights to our own selves, or who deserves those rights and who does not. And apparently, women aren't on that list. So all I'm hearing right now from Republicans talking about the sanctity of life, this is the same party that has voted over and over again to do nothing about gun violence or children getting shot in schools. They're anti-mask, anti-science. They sow endless doubt on FDA-approved vaccines during the middle of a deadly pandemic. They're the same party that keeps voting against expanding American access to health care, want to cut Medicare, and have unsuccessfully tried to appeal the Affordable Care Act 70 times, though they have no plan of their own, and all evidence shows that in cutting such plan would lead to unnecessary deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. These are also the same people that advocate, routinely advocate against environmental regulations and now are talking about getting rid of OSHA. OSHA, I'm OSHA 10 certified. And the idea that we would even consider getting rid of that is bonkers to me. These are- these. Are, I am too, by the way. It's OSHA is a, is in place to protect worker safety. Yeah. It is It is huge. This is the same group of people that screamed about their freedoms being trampled on because they have to wear a mask when they go in public. And they demanded that stores stayed open during the pandemic because it sustains the, the economy. You know, forget the human life in that factor, but all right. They argued all the way up to the Supreme Court that it was constitutionally unfair to force someone to make a cake for a, cake for a gay wedding, but will force people to act as human incubators. No problem. Right. When it comes to imposing on them, no. But women, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's impose onto them. Let's set aside the arrogance that all questions about a personhood are supposed to be viewed through the lens of some sort of Christian faith, since there are so many different religious traditions. Even Christianity itself debates the very idea of when life begins and focus instead on the on the idea that women's rights to bodily autonomy must be sacrificed for the sake of another. In no other context is somebody's body, health, daily life ever commandeered to save somebody else's life. No, there is no law that supports that. Whereas, le where you are legally obligated to donate your organ or your bone marrow just because you're a match. So let's pretend, let's not pretend, excuse me, that this is about the noble principle of saving innocent life. It is about denying women the power to decide if they want to undergo a undergo a substantial physical hormonal emotional and financial obligation for nine months and then raise a child for a minimum of 18 years and then and or potentially give up that child and live with that burden it's about christian fundamentalists being upset for years about progress in america because they believe it threatens their traditional moral values they didn't like it when we had civil rights movement we didn't like it when the women's they didn't like it with women's movement, the gay rights movement. And they don't like the fact that schools are teaching evolution. And they're angry that the country took prayer out of school. These are the same people who believe in criminalizing homosexuality. So where do you think politically weaponized Supreme Court is going to do next? You don't have to look very far. We have 29 states that have some form of anti-LGBTQ legislation. In states like Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, South Dakota, Tennessee, are all states where reproductive rights have been and are under threat. And now black folks are being disenfranchised in those states. Same with Florida and Montana, who are the worst for LGBTQ, but that whole don't say gay bill. 
We're seeing the writing on the wall when they're banning books and putting labels on them and saying, there's all these values in here and protect your kids. It's like, there's those things are also in the Bible. And I don't see you slapping that on the Bible. You want to talk about misogyny? It's in the, it, we have it in the, in your religious text that you're waving around as the pulpit of why you're going to do what you're going to do, which is strip away people, the people's rights. <clears throat> this is an all out insult on reproductive freedoms. It is now a possible threat to LGBTQ and people of color, because again, it's not about abortion. It's about control. So what and how does this impact LGBTQ rights? The fact that the court's willingness to overturn precedents could be extended to the 2015 landmark Supreme Court case of Orkfell versus Hodges, in which Justice Thomas has already signaled they will likely reverse marriage equality and the freedom of marriage is, is is under real threat right now and even more immediate danger of the well-being of people in those communities lgbtq women and all people of color the lgbt community relies on re reproductive health care they seek and receive abortion care contraception care access to contraception is going to become much more difficult because of this new ruling and accessibility to fertility treatment could also be impaired. If the law believes that a human being contraception begins with embryos, then embryos in the Petri dish are legally people and that would make IVF impossible. So everything's at risk. We're not, it's not just women's reproductive rights and choices. It is so much bigger than that. The fact that we can overturn precedented law at because three judges have been installed is we're in a very dangerous time right now. Really, yeah. Uh, I you've left me speechless, but it's it's all very true. It's uh, like we're um, just on Friday, Governor Eric Holcomb signed a bill that would ban most abortions in Indiana, making it the first state to pass a restrictive law against the procedure since Roe versus Wade was overturned this summer. Um, that to me just, it says where we're heading. I know that we also then had, was it Michigan, Holly? Yeah, Michigan, it, um, they fought back. There was a <clears throat> lot of represent representation and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fighting to to push back on overturning some some of those laws. So, because uh, they currently have laws in, in place supporting um, some some sort of abortion care. Now, people get uh, you know, oh, it's so extreme. It's all or in, and it's there's no they're not carving anything out for people who are victim of rape or incest or have medical like a legitimate life medical situation. Um, the term abortion. Um, it would, it, based off of its definition, would it also include that when there is, uh, when a fetus dies, unfortunately, in the womb, um, in order to remove it, they would perform the procedure, the child, the, the, there's no life, that like it's gone, but it will continue to kill and kill the woman if that's not removed. And that act, that act of doing that is now considered an abortion or illegal because of what it technically falls under in the medical community and it's just 
it's mind boggling. It, people think, oh, well, you're just, you know, you're getting pregnant and you're just using this as an excuse not to have a child and you should have contraception. It's like, well, if it's really, that's your biggest worry. Let's talk about the fact that there are multiple safe things that men who can impregnate a woman every second of every day, if possible, and it is possible, but if they wanted to, they could just do that. And let's talk about the fact that there are many safe things that they can do, but they don't want to do that. Like there's no, nobody's willing to push that law out there because it is controlling air quotes around here, controlling men's rights. It's like, it has to go both ways. If you, this, if the whole thing is about protecting this child life, the one who can't say anything or argue and who you will do nothing for once they're born, but you're willing to make that fight now, then you should have it on both sides of that conversation. It takes two people to make that happen. And the fact that we could even impact IVF is mind boggling. That's that is typically people who want to have children who are actively trying to have children or, and, or cannot have them themselves because of other medical reasons and have a surrogate carry for them. And they, and now that is potentially going to be outlawed as well is mind boggling, right? It's just, it, it really feels like you have this group of people, it's the minority group of people who are seeing the change of our country uh, becoming better, healthier, right? In terms of gay rights and um, people of color, right? You know, rights, immigrants coming into our country, and we're seeing, we're seeing that melting pot and beauty of what our country is, and they're they're seeing less of their own face, as it were, the the other white people in the room, and they're seeing more of a mix in there, and they're freaking out, and we're having less children, and it's like, oh, we have to do something about it. Force women to have kids. That's what it feels like. I don't know. That's exactly what it is, but that's what it feels like. Oh, that's exact. I'm sorry. I will. Sorry, I've done really well, but that's exactly what it is. It's forcing women to have kids. That's you're not reading anything into it. That's exactly what they're doing. They're saying, "Nope, you're you're we're going to make out the kids." It's like my, I, my 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 one my younger daughter right now. And she loves her kids. I'm by no saying that. But the person who had these kids with her has left. His entire responsibility after going through to get child support, because he won't even see them, is a total of $200 a month. That's why the court decided that that's how much he had to pay. To help that's support. That's barely a cell phone bill. Oh, I know. And so this is, so what they're, all the laws right now are based towards white heterosexual men. Yeah. And this, if that doesn't prove it, nothing. And then there's no support does. for the woman if the guy leaves. None. None. There's literally no support. There's no parenting classes. There's no daycares not paid for. And daycare is so expensive that it's you have to work two jobs just to cover the child the the child care. Or when, don't work at all, and then you live off of the system. And then who is paying the system? The taxpayers. So then the taxpayers are now paying the paying those paying for those children that otherwise would not have been born. I know that sounds terrible the way I'm wording that, but it's exactly right. But that's essentially that's what it is. These children don't have uh, they aren't born into stable homes, you know, necessarily. And I like we could get into the weeds on that. It's we have we have so many children right now that don't have homes because parents couldn't take care of them for various different reasons. And we can't even get them adopted 
And yet we're going to force people to continue to have children against their will. And I understand if we want to get into the weeds on this, but let's talk about it as cut and dry as medical decisions. These are people whose lives are potentially at risk. They can't have an abortion. The child um, might not be a viable, might not be a viable birth for some reason, can't have an abortion. And that's mostly what these abortions are. The abortion more often than not is ha has more to do with the well-being of the woman's medical situation or the child's medical situation. Hardly ever is it a decision about, well, I can't afford that baby and I don't need another one. Hardly ever. That is the exception. And can I add something here? I, you're doing so well, Holly. I'm so, you're doing great. <laughs> to actually connect to the queer community in a better way. What, what's happening here with um, the abortion bans going to place? Remember, folks, this affects Planned Parenthood then. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing with Planned Parenthood, who I mean, my daughters, each of I had to go there at different times for uh, physical needs that had nothing to do with an abortion because that's what they could yep. afford. Same. It's also a place where gay men can go to get prep to have, to get tested for AIDS, for, um, for people who are going through transition to get the medication they need. These are all things that are offered at Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. These things are all being, by the abortion, you know, by these rovers way being overturned, this is leading down that road, that very, very slippery slope of taking away mm -hmm. then the queer rights along with it by doing these simple things exactly that have been approved but are now being are going to be taken away just for that reason or making it harder for people to get it and we are we're already starting to see a decline in the the care that people have available to them because of fear um like like gary is saying it's like planned parenthood and other organizations they provide so much more I, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like a fifth of the the things that they did was in regards to abortion care. Four fifths of it had to do with all other care. I For me, getting my pap done, I didn't trust my own doctor for that because I didn't want a guy up in my hoo-ha. But I knew Planned Parenthood was a safe place for women. That's their whole stick. At least that was what I understood it to be when I was in, in college, and it still is. And I just went in, I was like, I have insurance, and but I'm not comfortable with a male doctor doing this. And I it's I'm I guess I'm due. I'm three years past. And they're like, not a problem. They were super chill, very supportive, helped me actually have the conversation with my main provider. And I did. So after I had my PAP and my records were sent over, I was able to have a safe and 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 good conversation with my provider. And now I'm much more confident in asking for my care the way I need it. From my providers because i because i had such great conversations with the people at planned parenthood so it's just mind-boggling that we just hang we get so much hung up on that they provide so much and even now with monkeypox thing going around we're seeing that they're still stepping up and helping people despite the fact that they are being under constant attack constant i mean truly constant it's the, these fucking right-wing militant people make it sound like Planned Parenthood is all abortion, that they've got this assembly line of abortions happening every day. They don't. It's one of the, I think it's actually, I didn't want to I correct you, but 
I think it's actually less than one fifth of what I think it do. is too. I mean, it was such a small number. Because and the only enough. reason why it works is because we must save our babies. And that's important. That instinctually hits us on an evolutionary level. We have to protect our children. And that that bullshit line that they're using that is that is founded on our on our existence as human beings is being used against us. We should care about our children. We should be caring about the children that are here now. And that includes whether or not they're they're queer or they're black or they're white or they're Asian. It, it, we should be caring about the life that is currently here. And, yet, and if that is really what we're talking about, then it should be reflected in the decisions that are being made for that life that's here now. And it's not well, because it's not about that. It's about maintaining their moral, their whole moral objectives or the objectives, excuse me, of it has to be white and right. And women need to be home having babies and people of color need to be slaves. And queer is, well, is of the, of the devil. Well, and with that, I mean, I mean, that's a perfect way of going into the fact then that talking about the big joke for years has been the stereotype of the queer couple getting a, a, a baby of color, you know, the, the white couple getting a baby of color, you Asian half time. It's because there uh, our government and not just our government, governments all over the world, that the, the, the people of color, their babies, they, they're not given the same precedence that a, a baby that's white is given. There are places all over our country, fuck the world, our country, that are overflowing with unwanted people of color's babies that they're having a hard time finding homes for those because our white contingent of straight couples don't want it. You know, there's this huge group that know they only want a white, blue-eyed baby. And so there, we, have to, we have to deal with that. We have to understand how this is affecting every aspect. And that includes, remember, it wasn't that long ago that, that a queer couple could not adopt. I think it's still official law in Florida. I might be wrong, but there's enough of that going on as it is. And then to add more to the mix, you know, when we're, we're facing, uh, poverty we're facing so many issues with climate change and this is just compounded by the more people we have on this earth that and if they're not wanted and we're not being educated correctly which Planned Parenthood also does that's right. what we're getting we're getting uneducated people having more and more babies because the these fucking these motherfucking white republicans mainly there are fuckers in every color, but you know, it's mainly white Republican men who are making sure that these, these women of color in particular, women, but women in general, poverty level women don't have a choice. Right. They're being, in the end, they're gonna have to have, give birth to these kids. And there, because- is, there are multiple, multiple statements and, and studies on the fact that once Roe versus Way was passed, we were saw we saw more women entering the workplace in as yeah. careers, going to school, getting educations, and it was it wasn't until women started doing that that there was even an anti-abortion law to begin with because it was 
women women did have the rights, but it wasn't until women started going into the workforce that it there was that perceived threat that well a woman could do my job. That's no no no. She needs to be at home. She needs to be at home having babies and. We have so much, so many people immigrating. And if we get too many people to immigrate, then our whole demographics will change. And no, we can't have that. And so they started to push that. And then the church at the time just thought, you know, it's taboo, but women have their rights. We're going to leave it alone. Finally say, yep, yep, it's wrong. It's it's against God and da, 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 da. So we've had our rights and then we did it for a while. And then we fought like hell and got, got our rights on a constitutional note, right? Which is how we as queer people have the right to marry is on that same, on the same precedence that was set that same right. And I want to say it's the 14th amendment. Um, and forgive me, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it at this very moment, but the same constitutional reasons are, are in place that give us the right to marry. And if that's under, you know, if that, I'm gonna say, it's yeah, it amendment. is under threat, it is under threat, right? So it's not that far of a jump for it to continue. And we're seeing it with in Florida. And if that kind of rhetoric continues to happen, we're going to see we're going to see that change pushed throughout the Supreme Court. Now, as much as I want to say we need to get militant, we need to get loud, we need to do break all the social norms and social rules and and just be complete assholes to other people. I'm reminded constantly that in doing so, we undo the very thing that we're trying to protect, the very thing that we we are using to fight back it we have to you we have to stay within that if we want to say hey we have our legal system isn't great but it is our legal system that can be improved on because it is a living breathing thing and we can continue to evolve and be and be better then we need to work within that same law and the reason it feels like it's so damn slow right now is because we built those in over time because law was so so quick and swift and inadequately towards people of color that we slowed it down to all these checks and balances so that there's a little bit more, hopefully, right? A little more proper justice being handed out. And so it feels slow. So we have to work within those bounds. And we're seeing that with people, was it Tucker Jones or what's his name that's being sued right now for saying that the Sandy Hook shooting wasn't, didn't really happen? Oh my gosh. Um, his, I mean, I, I'll look that up. I'm drawing you, a blank on his that. name right now because I could give two shits about who he is, but He's being taken to court on several different counts, right? Because the, he violated he violated the law. He violated people's personal freedoms, and they're able to still use those in court. And we Alex have Jones. To, who is it? Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Alex Jones. Sorry. Thank yeah, you. No, you were so close. You were yeah. so close. Yeah. Um. So we have to continue to use the system that is being used against us, but use it use it in a way. That is within the bounds of the law that we in in the country that we want to have. And it's so hard because I want to go out there and start throwing some punches, but that's not the end of the day. That's not going to change anything. We have to use our, our system of government. We have to vote. We have to protest. We have to write about it. We have to talk about it. And we, we just, we have to show up there with to show up for each other to make this to make these changes happen and and then hold our our government hold our government to which it. which means and i've said this before it starts with grassroots and i'm just as yep. I, i'm just much to blame as anybody else i'll just check mark the city council person or you yeah. we need to start looking at those and really dig into who that person is exactly I'm talking, 
and make sure that it's something that we would support. We need to know what their beliefs are mm -hmm. before we actually just check mark off on them. We have to start this with grassroots. It has to be the city council. It has to be the mayors. It has to be the under sheriff. I mean, all these positions, all we have to make sure. And, ha and even in our, in our religious leaders, you know, it doesn't matter what religion you are, their yeah. leaders, they have an impact on us. So we jumped into this topic pretty, pretty deep. And I think we probably went a little bit further than we intended at this very moment, but I appreciate that we carved out some time to have this important conversation, but let's go ahead and, and, and move on to the next, to the next thing. And so what we are going to be talking about now is trying to make a little lighter and talk about my thing of pop culture. I want to bring up a show which people might find interesting that I like, but it's called Blown Away. It is on Netflix. It's a show about um, glass art, making mm -hmm. glass art by blowing it. It's And why it connects with the queer is that we had one season where the woman won who is queer. And right now, of the contestants that left, there are six contestants left from where I'm at. It's all out, but I haven't got all the way through it yet. Three of the six are queer in different forms. And I love that this show is not even, it's just, it's just there. There's not even a question about who they are. One of them I did not know until the last episode I watched that they were part of the queer community. I would not, because it's just, it's not even a big deal. What season are you in? I'm in season three. Okay. Um, which one was the, it's, I guess it's, I guess it's uh, 2022 still. So it'd be, we'll be, we'll be spoiling. Never mind. Text me later. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I, so I just, I love the fact that there's, that there's still this queer contingent that it's in this, and it's not even, it's not even, it's not even there. You could tell it wasn't. They weren't placed in this because oh, we need to make sure we have the right quota of queer to 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 uh, heterosexual. Because right now, queer is outnumbering the heterosexuals. You know, so I am so thrilled with this and watching the art they're showing by representing their queer side. The reason I found out the one was queer is because her talking about her representation of of her queer queerness, which I love. So um, right I want. I want to talk about that, and then briefly, I'm going to do a follow-up to what I talked about last week, which was for all mankind. Mm -hmm. I am going to give a spoiler here. Somebody doesn't want to hear what just happened in the most recent episode. Skip ahead, like, a minute. <laughs> and the, start. The, the president um, of um, For All Mankind, Ellen Waverly, just came out as a gay woman on the show as she's president of the United States and she came out as a gay woman because she wanted to make sure that the person she's married to who is a gay man, who is the first husband in this show, he did not have to come forward with some facts or found out about him. So she changed it, she changed it and made it about her, came out as queer and that's how the episode ended. So. We're talking, we're getting into real science fiction now, folks, because we're dealing with in the 1990s saying that a woman president came out as gay. And also in the, in the same speech where she came out as gay, she made it okay for all, she did an executive order to make it all okay for all 
queer members that are in the armed forces to be able to be queer. She made an executive order. She didn't fuck around. Nobody knew about this before she did it. And the, the queer astronaut who's on Mars right now is giving him a medal of honor when he gets back. So all this stuff happened. I loved watching this. I thought it was amazing. And I'm going, okay, yeah, this wouldn't happen. I was able, <laughs> this is how sad life is, folks. I was able to accept better that, oh yeah, we, we finally made it to Mars. I could accept that, but I go, I go, I had a problem with going, yeah, there's no way <laughs> that that we would actually had a woman president and then had her admit she's queer. This just would not, I mean, it wouldn't happen now. This is another timeline, I get it, but and I'm loving it. I'm loving watching it, but thinking, oh. This is a true fairy tale. Now we're watching. Loving it, it's an amazing fairy tale, but it's a fairy tale. I like to think that maybe the creators of For All Mankind saw the writing on the wall because it was there, and they went, they did it this way on purpose. That's where I'm gonna, in my mind, I'm gonna go with it, and that's what my, that's what I'm, I'm gonna stand on that hill, you know. So, but that was so. I'm watching the episode going. Crying, oh, it's so beautiful. This would not have happened, but it's beautiful. <laughs> so, I think ending on that is something. Watch that. Watch the entertainment field is so much better right now, showing queer representation. It's wonderful to watch almost any show right now mm-hmm. of significance has a queer contingent to it. I, I feel I, like our. I feel like our our pop culture uh these little these little moments where we talk about the shows that have representation and i feel like it's rubbing salt on the wound of these white supremacist groups that are like we have to have it to be heteronormative and ah, and then all tv's just being riddled with all of this diversity and it's like i can't watch it <laughs> no i love that i'm We're coming uh, after you the most recent version of NCIS, NCIS Hawaii, and I don't watch it a lot. I've watched a couple episodes. One of the main characters, actually two of the main characters on the show, is, is they're women and they have a will they or won't they where they've been together and now they're not, they're together again. And they're one of the main stories, one of the main continuing arcs on the show. On a very, until this time, very heterosexual shows, NCIS. I love that even network CBS, of all the ones, is is getting this going, including with uh, on CBS, Ghost has a queer ghost on the show. There's um, on Abbott Elementary on ABC, mm. they have a queer character. These are all characters, they're not hiding. Well, Ghost is kind of, but... Um, these are all, it's just wonderful to see. So as bad as things are, we get to see these wonderful examples. So I'm hoping that just by seeing that, that that straight normative Republican white person can connect with a queer character of color would even be better and see them for being a person. And so that's how we have to show that we are who we are. Make sure that you're letting people know, as long as you're comfortable with it, who you are. Because the more people who know that you're queer, the more that helps everything. It, it just it makes people realize, oh, I know that person. My my dad would have never, I he he never would have said he supported queer people until I came out. 
Okay, I went. I was trying to get an answer, but that's a, I went down the road. And it's, you anyway. did it. Uh, you know, it's only fair. I think I think I went a little bit over my own time too. Yeah. I think this was only supposed to go. Ah, uh, we have you know it's whatever. <laughs> All right, so I think that ends our show, don't you think, Holly? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I I appreciate that we created some time for this. Um, so thank you. Thank you to our listeners for engaging with us and chatting with us on on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I I really enjoy them. Thank you so much. If you want to get involved in our our podcast, reach out to us. If you want to share a topic, reach out to us. Like us and rate us so that people more people know about us because that's how algorithms 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 work. <laughs> if you if you engage with it in the, on that level, then the the system to which you are in. We'll share our podcast with other people. And the more we work on this and the more we have energy into this, the the better it gets. It's our, I mean, way better than our first season, which I also enjoyed, but we're, we're growing. So I appreciate you guys being here while we grow. And until next time, be well. And truly be queer, you fabulous motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Queernundrum Podcast. And email us at Queernundrum at Queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>